0: Lone Star One Eight Seven
1: is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Lone Star
0: Case file 18,
1: Diamond Bessie. Hello, people. Hello. Hello, podcasters. We are coming at you live from Orr City, which is just 30 minutes outside of Jefferson, Texas, on the back porch of an Airbnb. So the sounds that you hear in the background are frogs that are really, really wanting to get laid. And they don't sound very successful.
0: Nobody is swiping right.
1: They're not. They're really trying their best, but it's not happening. So. And the lake that we are next to
0: is Lake Oh the Pines. Yes, that's correct. Which is actually um, flooded right now. Mm-hmm. The people that own this land said that the lake is up 17 feet from it's a regular sh- spot. So there this area actually has has its own private dock which we are not able to use as it is underwater. You can't even see it right now. And even coming in, we had to go alternate route because one of the roads was flooded.
1: Completely gone. So So here we go. Let's talk about Jefferson, Texas. It is 180 miles east of Dallas in 2010 its population was 2,099 but on one of the uh, adventures that we took today uh, we rode a train through the area, downtown area of Jefferson. I remember the lady saying like back in the 1800s which is when our story takes place this town was um, the population was over 30,000 did you, you remember her saying that? Yes I did. So um Let's see what else it is um right now they consider it a tourist destination there are lots of popular attractions including the railroad car that we rode today uh there's a stern fountain they have a jefferson carnegie library a place called the excelsior house which looked really cool i saw it today when we were downtown and there are a lot of bayous around here formed by uh, the big cypress bayou located in and around the city other interesting fact is that almost every commercial building and house on the main road in Jefferson has a historical marker. So, that was super cool. So, who who is you our person? want to know who we're going to talk about today? Yeah. Today, we're going to talk about Diamond Bessie. This was her nickname. Diamond Bessie was born Annie Stone. She was the daughter of a shoe merchant in Syracuse, New York. She was born in 1854. Um, so let's step back a little bit. Most of my information, so let me, there's an interesting thing about this story. I heard about it because we made plans to come on this trip as a family. So I was like, okay, let's see if there's a really cool story in that town. And I found the cool story and I got most of my information initially from the internet. And then I started thinking, you know, we mostly in the beginning got our information from newspapers.com. and most of the content that we find there is older stories. So the night before we left, I decided, you know, I'm just going to go check it out. Well, four hours later, I realized this is where my story is. I'm not going to use the content that I had before. That was just from the internet, which is just everyday, you know, current time people telling the story. I wanted to tell it from the 1800s. Wow. Okay. uh, Speak. So it's, it's a little shocking the way they, and, and almost comical at times, um, the way the newspaper articles read. so, so, so forgive me, it might sound a little odd, but it's because we, um, I'm going to be reading it as ver- much verbatim as I can. So uh, back to the story. Okay, so most of my information came from newspapers.com. And I also, while we were out shopping today, I found the book about this lady. Her name is, like we said, Bessie Moore. There's a book called Diamonds and Death. And I went ahead and bought it because it was the only one there. And I felt like, you know, they saved it for us. So. So according to the National Police Gazette, Diamond Bessie was raised, surrounded by all the advantages of a pleasant home, a fond mother, indulgent father, uh, lots of friends, and a very good education. Her, the apple of her father's eye. Um, she was a, she had very bright dreams. She was very beautiful, even at a young age. They said, they, um, said that she was graceful, well-proportioned figure is how they said that, which I thought that was interesting. I hope that's
0: what people say about me.
1: Um, She was among, she was one of the most popular women, a young, her, um, amongst her friends. So she was popular in school. All the boys liked her. She was very beautiful. Her features uh, looked like a Greek model. Uh, Let's see. Here's how they explained her. She had chiseled lips that smiled the graceful contour of her bust and her long hair that floated down her alabaster shoulders. What is alabaster? <laughs> in shoulders? rich profusion. Um, alabaster means like her skin was very white. Like okay. Very yes. She was the oldest sister, and very early exhibited a tendency to be very smart. She read a lot of books, and she was destined to be very successful. So, among the many admirers of Miss Annie in Syracuse, there was one heartless soulless young man who on the most solemn promises ever breathed into her ear, seduced and then deserted her after keeping her as his mistress for some length of time. So um, her nickname is Bessie Moore. So the last name of this guy was Moore. um, So that's where her her name, Bessie Moore, came from. Even though they weren't married, because she was so in love with him, she kept his last name. So let's Talk about February 5th, 1877. Uh, there's a, a, a woman who is in Jefferson, Texas. There is snow on the ground, and she decides that she's going to go into the woods and look for some wood to build a fire. She finds this dead woman laying in the snow off the road that heads towards Marshall, Texas. I know we didn't find that yet, but I'd really like to find that tomorrow. Um, she had been shot once in the temple. Her body was beginning to decompose around the wound, And near her were the remains of a meal. There were chicken bones, breadcrumbs. The breadcrumbs were in like wrapping paper, discarded. And there was a half-finished bottle of beer laying close to her. So how old was she? So she was 23.
0: Okay. That's young.
1: Yes, very young. So the body is found on February 5th, as we covered. Okay, so they don't really know who she is yet. Uh, Two weeks later, they figure out who she is. The body that they found was in fact Bessie Moore obviously they also called her Diamond Bessie one of the things that this book that I went well, the stuff that I was talking about her in the beginning what they didn't say is that after Moore left her she ended up becoming a sex worker so they in this and I'm going to read this verbatim because this is how it was in the newspaper it says Bessie Moore the murdered woman also called Diamond Bessie was born in Syracuse Where her mother is still living so this was in 1877 she began her life of shame in Detroit while still very young from that place She went to Chicago and for the past four years led the same life in New Orleans at that place She became acquainted with Rothschild a guy named Abe Rothschild who took her to to the hot springs in Arkansas She claimed that at this place Rothschild squandered several thousands of her money and a number of her diamonds, so the reason she had this nickname, Diamond Bessie, is that she loved diamonds. So once she became a sex worker and the guys that she was with knew that she loved diamonds, they would give her diamonds in lieu of money. Her, yeah, in lieu of money. Or they would give them to her along with the money because she was so beautiful and captivating. And they felt like they wanted to give her something extra, right? So she always had diamond rings on. And she dressed very well. She was always very well kept. And obviously, we already talked about how beautiful she was. Obviously, because sex workers can get in trouble and stuff, they they move a lot. So, and they also are constantly changing clients. So she drifted from Cincinnati to New Orleans, New Orleans, Louisiana, and then to Hot Springs, which she talked about already. And sometimes giving her name as Annie Moore, adopting the name of her first love. Um, She could have worked at any one or more of the Hot Springs brothels of the day. Uh, Let's talk about the names of some of them. One of them was Hattery Hotel. (laughs) Another one was West End Hotel. This one was called Piggly Rooms. Oh, geez. Yeah, Piggly Rooms, Um, whose madam was Evelyn Anderson. So it didn't matter where she went. She could find a job. So, regardless of where where um, she worked, her life would change drastically when she met a- Abraham Rothschild. So let's talk a little bit about him before we move on to the rest of the story. Um, he was the son of Meyer Rothschild, who was a wealthy jo- jewel merchant who lived on 5th Street in Cincinnati. He res- He represented the Rothschild family as a traveling salesman or drummer, which is what they called him back then.
0: So, how... He, he he's
1: I guess, a salesman
0: be, slash drummer. No, or? salesman,
1: but they were known as drummers back then. And I guess because they had to knock on doors to drum up business. Oh, that makes sense. So Abe, freaking Rothschild, was also twenty three. Was this her boyfriend? Um, yes. You could call him her boyfriend. This was her boyfriend after more. Yes. So, well, I just we'll get into that. Hold okay. On. Yep. And is a man of firm physique and pre-possessing appearance I don't really know what that means pre-possessing okay anyway but um, he was a little reckless um, on account of his disposition he was sometimes he was sometime before the murder discharged from the employment of a New York notion house I wish I had read that before because I don't know what a notion house is. I have I a notion What the notion. house? Is. I don't know what
0: that means. Um,
1: the year before the murder, he had been disowned by his parents. Thode. What'd he do? Whoopsie. It doesn't say, doesn't say, doesn't say, um, both Abe and Bessie were known to, to use alcohol, which we know there was a, um, half bottle of beer left by her. So that's no big surprise. And they would also fight sometimes to the point of violence. In December 1875, the couple were in Cincinnati and were seen in public, drunk and fighting. Rothschild was beating his female companion on the street. A young man approached and asked that he stop hurting her, to which Abe pulled his pistol and pointed it at the lad. He then recognized the boy and didn't shoot. Instead, he dragged Bessie down the street, continuing to beat her. They soon arrived at Mrs. Frank Wright's Mansion of Joy, Oh. Yeah. Dang. Uh, a former place of employment for Bessie, and Rothschild rang rang the, the bell. Miss Wright stuck her head out of a window and called, You can't get in here. Go away. Was uh, the
0: Mansion of Joy closed at the time? Uh,
1: maybe they just didn't want him in there with her. I, I don't really. There was the too
0: much joy going yeah. on.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of joy. So at, at the same time, there was, uh, when the, no, the next year, 1876, when the Republican. National convention was held in Cincinnati. Abe apparently saw the business potential with all of the men coming to town. He demanded that Bessie work as a prosti- prostitute and bring him fifty dollars every day. So he was
0: like, "I'm going to be your pimp, and this is Basically, what you're going to do." And that's
1: what it says in Whether today's you world. like it or not, he would be known as a pimp for such a business arrangement. When she failed to meet the quota on one particular day, he beat her so violently that he was arrested. This guy's a piece of shit. That's what we know about Abe and Bessie and their relationship. The next day, in the newspaper, we read, Abe Rothschild, he is identified as Bessie Moore's murderer. The Jefferson City Hotel proprietor says he is the man. For the last few days, the chief topic of conversation in all parts of the city has been the attempted suicide of Abe Rothschild and his alleged murder of his former mistress, Bessie Moore, alias Diamond Bessie. So he tried
0: to kill himself?
1: Hold up, hold up. Although the finger of suspicion has pointed to him from the moment the statement came from the Jefferson City, Texas. See, it did say Jefferson City. That's why I kept saying that.
0: Maybe it used to be Jefferson it must, City.
1: Because it doesn't say Jefferson City anywhere we were today. The murder woman was found horribly mutilated in a bayou near the place around the 24th of January. Still, it was not definitely known that he was the guilty wretch until this morning. In the newspaper. Damn. This is why I had to read this. Okay, hold on. Superintendent Wood, shut up, Russell, has been. Amen. In, Amen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Superintendent Wood has been in daily telegraphic communication. So remember, we're in 1877, so it's not like they had the internet or even the phones. Everything was um, communicated. Yeah, exactly. To the Jefferson authorities for a past week. The last dispatch apprising him that parties would leave they kept saying that place a lot that the parties would leave jefferson for cincinnati um at which time they didn't really know about rothschild attempt on his life they were already going to find him they didn't know that he was getting ready to try to kill himself so this is what it says the fact was learned after reaching st louis early this morning inspector jacob johnson and Detective Wappenstein repaired to the Ohio and Mississippi depot. 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 the home depot. To meet the Texas official upon their arrival. Uh, Their names are Edward Guthridge Esquire, ex-Sheriff J.L. Vines, and Dr. J.H. Turner. And Dr. Turner is the guy that was the proprietor of the Brooks House, which is where they had stayed. Okay. Mm -hmm. The party repaired immediately to the office of the chief of police and were met there by another doctor, O. E. Davis, who was the attendant physician on duty when Rothschild tried to kill himself. In answer to the question by Dr. Turner, who, by the way, was also a practicing physician, as to the condition of his patient, here's what this doctor said. This is so crazy. When I was called upon to see the wounded man as he lay in the drugstore, Soon after the shooting last Sunday morning, it was my opinion that he was dying. I soon after extracted the ball, which I found to have been flattened out of his contact with the frontal bone. I have this missile in my pocket now. So he decided to keep (laughs) it in his pocket? He didn't call it an eyeball. He said the ball, which was flattened, I guess, by the shot. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I have it in my pocket right now. I remained with him all that night and administered stimulants. I was with him all night last night also. He was troubled with frequent spasms, his pulse vacillating from 42 to 150 beats to the minute. Is that real high?
0: Yeah, like normal people, like you and I, would be 80, 70 to 90 a minute.
1: Oh, so it's real extreme to really low to really high. Yeah. Okay.
0: And usually that happens if they're in an arrhythmia. Right. But where sure was the trauma?
1: Where was he shot? He tried to kill himself when he, knew, I guess, I surely he didn't know they were after him, but maybe he was... Guilty. And he shoot himself in the head? He shot himself in the temple, but it came out of... He did came a bad job. Eye. And <clears throat> it is my opinion, gentlemen, that he will never leave the bed alive on which he now lies. He may die from the effects of inflammation. So about 10 o'clock, uh, Captain Johnson, shut up, Russell, I'm trying to concentrate, in company with Dr. Davis and Dr. Turner, uh, went to the residence of Rothschild, For the purpose of allowing Dr. Turner an opportunity to identify, if possible, the wounded man to say authoritatively whether or not he was the man who was his guest at the Brooks house. The sick chamber was darkened as usual, so as to give the sufferer as little pain as might be as the party entered. Dr. Turner approached the bed, and at first glance, even in that darkened room, he turned to Dr. Davis and gave a significant sign, shook his head, as to say, this is the man. Um, Dr. Davis took a hold of the wounded man head and was about to show Dr. Turner the condition of the ruined eye. But Dr. Turner would not permit it saying, don't cause him to suffer, doctor. I don't want to look at it.
0: Oh, my God. Is this twisted? But how is it that they're able to look at him and know that
1: he's the one that shot her? Just because they're trying to verify his identity? Well, Dr. Turner is the one that was at the Brooks house where Bessie and Abe checked in so he was able to look at him and say yes that's him
0: that was the last person that was seen with her alive yes i see okay um
1: actually he says i knew him in a minute although his mustache has been cut off since i saw him i knew him by his lips as much as anything he is the man we were after
0: did they shave his mustache I guess, off i guess they had the, to did he shot himself in the face I guess so off with your mustache since you shot yourself in the eye <laughs>
1: From that moment, Abe Rothschild was regarded as a murderer, and steps were at once taken to have him removed to the city hospital. Three Texas gentlemen, under the escort of uh, Detective Wappenstein and a star reporter, called upon Colonel Jones, who was the superintendent of the hospital, said, We are going to take him into an ambulance and take him to Texas. But the superintendent said, it may be proper to state right here that Dr. Turner's opinion as, as to the condition of Rothschild differs materially from that given by Dr. Davis. Of course, we're sure that he's going to survive given his injuries. It's not that bad. So I think, think the doctor is, the Dr. Davis is trying to make it sound like he's like about to die so they don't transport him to prolong. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Him going over there and being uh, put on trial, but given the awful crime that he's been com-
0: been that he's accused, accused of, of, exactly, you think that he'd be like take his ass. Right.
1: So they decided to just leave him in the hospital overnight and then move him the next day. So he didn't shoot his brain at all. He just shot his eye. He sh- yeah, he pointed to the temple, and I guess maybe he'd been drinking, it's or he, he didn't really want to die. Shot. He just wanted maybe a, he. I don't know. But it didn't go into his temple. That boy ain't going to die. He just lost an eye. He's so dumb. Yeah, exactly. He's so dumb. You are so dumb. I guess they were trying to say infection. Anyway. So in order to make sure that this was going to, that nothing shady would happen while he was staying in the hospital, they got um, Colonel Wood. I wrote, damn it, Russell and requested Dr. N.P. Dandridge to visit the sufferer and give his opinion as to whether it'd be safe to move him. He said he'll be fine, the wound is not fatal, and he will recover if given proper treatment. So 24 hours was suggested, which is what they did. They had more conversations with Dr. Turner. He said that during the stay with Rothschild and Miss Moore at, the, at his house in Jefferson, no one was suspicious that they were other than a man and wife in public. Um, he conducted himself like a gentleman and her actions were characterized by the utmost decorum. (laughs) But that when alone in their room, he was heard to abuse her most shamefully.
0: Mm, What an asshole. I
1: know, pisses me off.
0: Like, it's not bad enough that he made her, he forced her into prostitution, but then he has to physically beat her too. Well,
1: she was already a sex worker before she met him. Remember, she went into that life after... But I thought he more forced, well, forced her to... He
0: didn't, yeah,
1: he didn't force her into that life, but he did pimp her out, obviously. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, he took advantage of the fact that she did. was already that. He totally did. So he wanted he to make money. Out. Yeah. So uh, it says the greatest sympathy has been displayed by the citizens of Jefferson at the girl's sad fate. So, so great indeed that they were so wrought up by her tragic end... And all the time supposing that a good woman had met an untimely fate, that a subscription was raised, and the remains of Bessie were buried in a handsome casket, which cost $125, and I looked that up. So in today's money, that would be three grand. Wow. Uh, Steps were being taken also for the erection of a gravestone to mark her last resting place. So now we are in March of 1877. It says the Rothschild Moore case grows more and more interesting. They are looking for her missing trunk. They finally found it in the baggage room of the Cincinnati, Hamilton, and Dayton Railroad. Uh, It was sent there by Rothschild the day before he shot himself. (laughs) It was a large sized Saratoga, which was sent from Jefferson, Texas via Little Rock, Memphis, and St. Louis. The canvas cover had been taken off, and the name Annie Moore was discovered, painted in black letters. I said dumbass because if he had just left the trunk there, it would have been sent to old horse department and it would have stayed a year and then would have been sold as an un- unclaimed baggage.
0: But because he sent it to himself because he's a selfish piece of shit. Mm-hmm. If he I wanted, wanted what to was sell it. stuff,
1: Yeah, so here and they actually listed all the contents that were in there. Um, a large and varied assortment of ladies wearing apparel. Two splendid light color silk dresses, one black silk dress trimmed with merino, which I don't know what that means, but M-E-R-I-N-O. A pair of exquisitely shaped slippers, a silk pen cushion with a monogram BM, a number of toilet articles, and a 10 jewel box that was empty. The police estimated the trunk's contents uh, anywhere from six to $1,000. So that would have been 24 grand in today's money. The truck, the trunk a, and it, what about all her jewels? All her diamonds. We'll get to that. Tap, tap, tap the brakes. The trunk and all, all of its contents will remain in Colonel Wood's office until claimed by uh, Miss Moore's relatives. On the 10th of January, Rothschild and Bessie arrived at Etna House, Danville, Illinois, and registered on its books as A Rothschild and Lady New Orleans. They occupied room 52 of the house, which was kept by Mrs. Stubbins. And on that same day, Rothschild and Moore were married by Squire McMahon of Danville. On being married, he gave his real name, Abe Rothschild, and she hers as Bessie Moore. They left Danville the next day. The theory is that he married her to get her diamonds, but realized even, that she wouldn't even let her husband take them, Decided to take her to Texas, rob her of her jewels, and rid himself of a wife whom he knew his family would never accept.
0: Mm. Now, so is he...
1: there's a lot of controversy over whether or not they truly got married. But this is... Um, and I In this book, there is a picture of a marriage certificate. I really didn't get a chance to look at it very thoroughly. So, okay. There is a copy of a marriage license here. It's kind of hard to read, but I'll post it with the, the pictures. All right. So, he
0: he doesn't think that his family would have accepted her because she was a previous sex worker,
1: mm-hmm. even though he forced her to do it, even well, when they were together. Let's don't forget that right before he left or right before he uh, met her, he had, would have been disowned by his own parents. So they were brought, not really ac- uh, very accepting of him at the time. So I guess he was considering if he brought her back, then he really, really wouldn't be accepted back into the family. Right. Yeah. Pretty, mm. pretty shape. So in April of 1877, Rothschild is finally moved. So look how long it took. This happened in February, or they found her in February. It's already mid-April, and they're finally moving him from Cincinnati to Texas. So his eyes finally healed? I guess so. His eye hole? His counsel used all procrastinating means at their disposal to wear out the patience of the Texas authorities. (laughs) So I couldn't find anything until September So, from April to September. Yeah. Five months? Um, So, this is interesting. In September, there was a detective in St. Louis, Missouri, named Detective Snellbaker. He discovered, in a pawn shop called Walker's, he found two of Bessie's diamond rings that were pawned by Rothschild on January 25th, which was six days after her murder. Oh, no. Um, The receipts... Will be used against him in trial. Good. they had his name all over them. Good. Okay, so now we're in he January. he can't see it coming. No shit. Piece of shit. So January 1878, they're trying to get a trial together, but it's postponed until April. That's January 1878. So that's a, that's a year after she's been killed. Mm-hmm. It's already been a year. Okay, and then it goes cold again. January 2nd, 1879. So almost two years. Mm-hmm. He is finally on trial in Marshall, Texas and has been convicted of murder in the first degree.
0: Amen. Malice, malice,
1: malice. Malice, malice, malice. Okay, hold up, hold up, though. January 16th, the motion made for a new trial by the defendant was overruled, and notice of appeal was given to the courts, resulting in another year's delay. Slowly but surely, the hand of justice closes upon the defender. And I'm reading this verbatim from the paper in 1879. In the lonely seclusion of his prison, memory will summon him to his sin-burdened soul, the pale image of Diamond Bessie, rising from her gory bed in the woods, and the diamonds that tempted his cupidity with intensified light will burn into his brain with an unquenchable fire, giving him a taste of what it feels like to be lost. Damn. Isn't it crazy? The stuff they, like, the words they used. and
0: yeah. Like, you can't write that
1: stuff now. No. All right, so now we're to January 23rd. He's been granted a new trial by the Texas Supreme Court.
0: Fucking Texas. Mm-hmm. Why do we do
1: that? Actually, one of the articles I read said, and this was in the, something about that's how it is in Texas or something. I didn't really like that, but that's what they said. May 1st, 1879. He is now before the Court of Appeals, but they condemned him to death by the court. July 30th. There's an effort being made in the court appeals in Marshall, Texas by Honorable DB Culberson to habeas corpus Abe Rothschild in order to have him admitted to bail until the appellate appellate appellate. appellate. I know he's going to leave that in there. Shit. The court site in Tyler, Texas in October. So a little bit about this Culberson guy. He is a very, very was a very good attorney in these days. Like, Similar to, like, um, who was O.J. Simpson's attorney. And some of the really good ones that we had, some of the salty ones, Racehorse Haynes.
0: Didn't they call him the Dream Team?
1: Yes. So I thought about Racehorse Haynes, which we've covered before mm-hmm. when I read about this Culberson guy. So we'll get into how that happened later, but remember Culberson. So just, there's a lot, not a lot going on. And then all of a sudden, here we are again. It's January 15th, 1880. So it's almost three years. It's three years. Yeah. Three years now. He's been convicted, but not tried. So he's been in jail this whole time? Mm-hmm. He's okay. been in jail this whole time. Yep. So the court of appeals today revered and remanded upon a technicality, the case of a Rothschild, charged with the murder of Bessie Moore. Uh, he had been convicted of murder in first degree and sentenced to be hung. But now there's questions about what this technicality is. So, a lot of the stuff that I got from here down is from the Galveston newspaper. For some reason, they're very good about telling everything. Not all the newspapers did, but they actually did. So, the clerk telegraphs from Galveston that the Court of Appeals this morning rendered a decision reversing and remanding the A. rothschild state murder case the volunteered state counsel working without pay will retire leaving the da to do this on his own Uh, it says few witnesses remaining the defendant will no doubt get a change of venue rothschild stands a fair chance of ultimate acquittal The news says the reason assigned by the Court of Appeal for reversing are, first, because a juror was permitted to sit in the case who acknowledged that he had formed and expressed the opinion that the accused was guilty, and that unless there was evidence contradictory of what he had heard of the case, he would still hold that to belief. And second, because the county attorney was permitted to be present during the time The grand jury was deliberating on the indictment. So
0: not because they feel like he's innocent. No. On some technicalities of the court.
1: Bullshit. And let's remember this is 1880. (laughs) Still pisses me off though. These are briefly the facts of the case and the reasons which are assigned for reversal of the judgment of the district court. The opinion of the court of appeals appears to be in strict accordance with the law and the facts as developed by the record, a transcript of which covered nearly a thousand papers of manuscript. It is somewhat remarkable that the opinion, which is elaborate, in no place refers to the crime with which Rothschild is charged, or the time, place, or name of the murdered woman. It is almost incomprehensible why irregularities such as these cited by the Court of Appeals as reasons for remanding this case for a rehearing should ever be permitted. In a thickly populated county like Harrison, there should have been little difficulty experienced in finding at least one more man with whom to fill the panel without insisting upon placing the jury who frankly avowed a freely and freely expressed in belief in the guilt of the accused it may seem equally unintelligible to the unprofessional reader why other than members of the grand inquest should have been permitted in the room while the jury was deliberating on an indictment So they're basically saying that this is really crazy.
0: Yeah. Um, like, and just replace the one person. Don't really, yeah. don't start
1: all over again. And that last quote was a writer from the Shreveport Times. So they were really like, this is the fact that they're focusing on these two little things when all they would have had to do is pluck that guy out, yeah. put a new juror in, and mm. it would have been... Smooth sailing. Smooth sailing. They all knew. They looked at the evidence. He was guilty, right? Now we're in mid-July. <laughs> And Abe got himself in a little trouble in jail. So he and his inmate tried to get this guy, Henry Moore, who was only 17. So Henry Moore, uh, 17, was arrested in Marshall, Texas. So when he got arrested, he confessed that he sold Abe a knife. (laughs) The same knife in which a jailer uh, by the last name of Bonham caught Abe and his inmate cutting the bars with this knife. Uh, Henry says that Abe was going to pay him $50 and the inmate was going to, so he sold him the the knife. They were going to use the knife to cut the bars out. And then they already had a place for Abe to leave and stay once he got the bars cut out and escaped. But they caught him before he could get the bars cut. So then they put him in, they confined him to chains. And there's actually a picture in this book of him and the guy that he was, his inmate, his cell buddy. But yeah, he was, he was trying to escape. So if you're innocent, you didn't do this, and it, this is all technicality bullshit, why are you trying to escape? Yeah, you know that... You're about to be acquitted. Why, yeah. why, why don't you just be good and try to... Stand st- Wait. the radar. Yeah, just wait. So, time passes, and now we're in November. The case of the state against Abe Rothschild for the murder of Diamond Bessie was called today when the state declared itself ready. The defense immediately asked... For a continuance, which was refused, the counsel for the defense moved to quash the indictment, nine of the grand jurymen not being present at the finding of the bill. So only one juror showed up. And notice it said jurymen, because we weren't allowed to vote there. No,
0: we weren't. Right? it's a long time it's before long, we got time. to vote.
1: So that frustrates me, but whatever. So the two that were there were placed on the witness stand, and if, they were going to resume. Just for
0: the record, if women were on the jury, we'd have been on time. And we would have all
1: been there. <laughs> How do you just not show up? You know? I know it's my duty, but I just right. want not go. Okay. So we're at the end of November of 1880. Judge Booty, shut up Russell, <laughs> proceeded to deliver his opinion, sustaining the motion to quash this indictment. This released the prisoner, but the court ordered him into the custody of Sheriff Perry to await the arrival of the Sheriff of Marion County, which is this area. He will be moved to Jefferson by the first train to wait for the grand jury, which is now in session. Because remember, he's in um, Marshall, Texas. Mm-hmm. So they're going to bring him. They're going to bring him to Jefferson. So now we're at December 31st, 1880. Abe is acquitted. Shut your face. The jury took several hours and returned a verdict of not guilty. How do they find him not guilty? The theory of his attorney was that Bessie Moore committed suicide and that the dead body could remain exposed for almost 15 days without showing more signs of decomposition. The prisoner received the verdict with every expression of joy. His father and other relatives who had come from Cincinnati were also overjoyed. She
0: left her half-eaten food to kill herself. Right,
1: right. Um, Rothschild will depart for his home in Cincinnati at once. It is understood that the expenses, his defense, and in his various trials were paid for by his father, and this amounted to a small fortune. So even though he had been disowned by his family, they didn't want all this shame to come to them, so they went there and paid for all of this to make sure, so they went and got the best attorney, Mr. Culverson. Not um,
0: for him, but for the sake of their for namesake. For them. Of course. How sad for Diamond Bessie. No, It's bullshit. Because, I mean, why would she want to kill herself? I mean, she yeah, has a good life. She just got married. Doesn't make sense. She's... I mean, it snowed in Texas. I mean, yeah, why would you want to shoot yourself? Why would you go...
1: Why? Yeah, it just doesn't in make sense. In the
0: snow. It just doesn't. It doesn't make sense. I mean, I can see maybe if she's obviously gotten into this marriage that now is bad and he beats her and she wants out and maybe she doesn't have anyone to turn to but in that manner just doesn't make sense. Not at all. And her diamonds aren't with her.
1: Exactly. That's the other thing. If they were so close to her I can't imagine her giving them away. I or... um, also wanted to talk about some of the folklore that, so the thing about Diamond Bessie is here in Jefferson she's like this Like we went today to, we found this cemetery, it's called Oakland. Oak Lawn. Oak Lawn. Oak Lawn Cemetery. So we went and we found her marker, and its it's got a big black wrought iron gate around it, so you can't really get... Well, you can't touch it if you go to the other side. So we have some pictures of that. But many stories about the case and Rothschild circulated during and after the trial, and some of them have become part of folklore. Several rumors concerning the jury were heard. It was said, for instance, that 12 $1,000 bills... This sounds like bullshit, but 12 $1,000 bills were lowered into the jury room during deliberations and that all 12 jurors met violent deaths within a year of the trial. Now, I didn't see that in any of the newspapers that I read, but uh, the rumor that a hack was waiting outside the door of the courthouse and that the verdict was not announced until after the train whistle blew um, has not been substantiated, nor has a rumor that Rothschild was later imprisoned on a 20-year sentence for grand theft. Although there, I did see something about him getting in trouble after, and I'll read that later. The popular rumor was that Bessie was pregnant when she died, but that was also never proved. Um, in the 1890s, a handsome elderly man, wearing a patch over his right eye, asked to be shown the grave of Bessie Moore. Upon seeing it, he laid roses on it, knelt in prayer, commented on the goodness of the citizens to provide a decent, decent burial, and gave the caretaker money for the care of the grave. Folklore also says that this was a one of her male callers that would visit the grave. In the 1930s, a headstone mysteriously appeared on the grave where none had been before. And in the 1960s, the Jesse Allen Wise Garden Club built an iron fence around the grave, which we saw. In 1941, E.B. MacDonald admitted putting up the headstone because it had not seemed right for Diamond Bessie to sleep in an unmarked grave. Thus ended one of the mysteries surrounding the case. The case, still officially listed as unsolved, attracts many investigators and lawyers to this day. Furthermore, since 1955, they have this thing every year in early May where they reenact the whole thing. It's super cool. it sounds super cool. Um, After the acquittal, that piece of shit returned to Cincinnati. (laughs) I actually have that typed here. Um, and continued his life of crime his later exploits include posing as a wealthy businessman in several southern states to acquire large quantities of jewelry on credit and then quickly leaving town before being discovered Uh, while he was in jail um, his cellmate was Jim Curry which was a railroad employee who had shot two actors killing one the surviving actor was Maurice Barrymore I'm pretty sure related to or not directly related but Drew, but the Barry mm-hmm. like Barrymore's.
0: And the one thing I found interesting about hers is when you look around the whole cemetery, there are many gravestones that are, that have a wrought iron fence around it. But hers is the only one that is full cement slab. Yeah,
1: that's true. All the others have grass. Well, no, there were a couple of others. Like the one that we saw that we took the picture. Yeah. That one was all cement. Like, hers was
0: the only one I saw that was surrounded by wrought iron. And oh, it oh, was yeah. cement. Yeah, okay. It yeah. was very interesting to me yeah. that they didn't put grass on top of her. They put a cement slab
1: on top of her. I mean, the oldest, I think the one that I saw that was the oldest was like 1813. So it's a very, very, very old cemetery. Mm-hmm. So, and and we even saw a new, like, a Yeah, recent, a brand new, yeah. Yeah, because Russell was saying, well, I don't think this is
0: maybe yeah, has we been went used the wrong the,
1: gate we, but we saw that new one so it's still being used yeah so maybe maybe it was just i don't know i i can't explain why but i i do agree it was odd that it was
0: All unique in
1: that way mm-hmm. so i d- i wanted to go back and talk a little bit more about the Culbertson guy right I found an article about him. He was also a congressman before, but he was very successful. He defended 114 men that were charged with murder. He has never had a client hung. Only three of them were tried by a military court and sent to the penitentiary, so most of them got off. He subsequently secured their release. If you were to ask him which he regards as the most remarkable Of his cases, he would say the Rothschild. He said it was strange illustration of the unreliability of expert medical testimony. Because that's what he was cleared on. When the officers entered the room to arrest him, he drew a pistol and shot himself in the head. The aim was bad and the bullet knocked out an eye instead of the brains. And this is exactly what the newspaper said.
0: Oh my God.
1: Yes. Okay, so what they kept... They were focusing on the level of decomposition that her body had. They they kept trying to say... Um, it wasn't decomposed enough for it to have been him. That's what the medical professionals kept saying, kept saying, kept saying. There's no way, there's was no Was there way. a gun laying next to her body? The gun was not there. Okay, the so how was, did she kill herself if the gun wasn't that's there? That's a great point, right? But this attorney, obviously he was super good because we just read his stats. He's just lucky that he didn't
0: kill her. In the next century, because with our science, we would have been able to figure out whether or not that gun that he shot himself with was yeah, the same gun. Yeah, they don't really gun.
1: talk a lot about the gun and
0: anything I found, which is it very is the, interesting. Because if they were able to tell the same gun, if they could at that time, the same gun- I don't gun, think they could have no, done that. Was and, shot by him that was her, then obviously he had to have done it. So he got lucky that he killed her last century.
1: Yes, Absolutely. Um, the sole defense was that Diamond and Bessie could not possibly have been shot on the day Rothschild left Jefferson, because if she had been decomposed, it would have been further advanced on the day the body was discovered. She was also laying in snow, so, so wouldn't that, that preserve the body more? You would think so. Doctor after doctor went on the sand and sustained the theory of that defense. The medical—they called it—the medical men swore with much positiveness that Diamond and Bessie could not have been dead so long as a prosecution tried to make out. Only one physician testified that it was barely possible for the decomposition to have been so slow as to leave the body in the condition it was found if the murderer was Rothschild. So what
0: was his excuse? That he just left his wife in Texas and went back to Cincinnati? I, I mean, it
1: didn't really even say what his argument was. I guess because of his attorney, his badass attorney, he didn't have to say. It was weird. Like it, They didn't even really question him but
0: it was the 1800s it was i Things mean were it's different
1: clearly very different that's why i wanted to make sure that i read it from that perspective mm-hmm. to remind us that women weren't on the jury and men did whatever they wanted and just i mean he forced her into more and prostitution got away with it and, and you know the and, and she she dealt with it she maybe she tried to defend i mean they didn't talk about whether or not she had defensive wounds or anything like that the doctor who set up his opinion against the others was so discredited that he had no he had to move away from town so that one doc so that one doctor that said it was barely possible he ended up having to leave sometime after it came out that the doctors were entirely at fault with their expert testimony Uh, the woman had been dead the length of time they said was impossible how to account for the doctor's blunder we don't know the theory of some, when the truth came out, was that the woman, likely many of her class, might have been a confirmed arsenic eater. She might have absorbed so much arsenic into her system as to have greatly retarded decomposition. But the doctors didn't think of that on the trial. Judge Culberson was as much surprised as anybody when he learned the real history of the murder.
0: So what, she's like, mm, this is full of arsenic, I'm just so, going to eat
1: this. So, I, I don't really know what they mean by arsenic. Do they mean alcohol or do they mean actual arsenic?
0: I don't know. I mean, even if it was alcohol, it wouldn't have messed with her
1: decomposition. I wouldn't.
0: Think I mean, so. as soon as you're dead, you're dead, regardless of what's in your system prior to that.
1: I agree. I don't. It was really, it really, really. And me if off. She,
0: if the rumor of her being pregnant was true, I doubt that she wouldn't have taken good care of her body.
1: Yeah, I mean, they said she was very beautiful. She dressed nicely. She did care about. And her. She, she was she drinking
0: pre- a beer, right? They said there was half yeah. a beer
1: next to her. Yeah, half a
0: beer. It just makes me sad. It seems like a, a life wasted.
1: So in February of 1881, I found this in the newspaper. It says, it's just a little like um, in the for sale ads. Like, so I'll show you. This is what it looks like. So I'm going to read it. This And this was this it's, is the list of the day. pretty much. It says in quotes, it says diamond Bessie. It says her tragic death and trial of her alleged murder in Jefferson, Texas, fully illustrated, contains the only authentic likeness of Bessie Moore and A. Rothschild, together with the now historic scene of her murder, and a full and graphic account of this the most wonderful murder trial on record. The full and frank confession of her alleged murders, knowledge of this startling and mysterious crime, sent postpaid on the receipt of one dollar. <laughs> the fastest selling book in the world agents wanted literal terms right at once western news company cincinnati ohio so they were selling the story they were already selling the story and it was february of 81 and i see people and, have loved c- true crime so and that that's since exactly the 1800s that's the words out of my mouth so even though this was so long ago People change to some extent, but they don't. That's like 135 years ago, mm-hmm. and her grave is still there. Like I said, we went and saw it, and the cool thing about it is there's um there someone had left some art um some artificial flowers. There was um, some beads like Marty some beads, beads like um hanging over the gate, and there's money. People have put money, and there's like um other break, kind of bracelets and stuff like people. It amazes me that there's nobody alive anymore that that was alive during this time. But the legend and the story, people still go. And like I even I put a dime on there. I was like, give me a call if you want to give me a call, Bessie. I'll talk to you, you know. Um, And Callie, Brittany's daughter, left they um somebody bought her some of we those went really to pretty the, stones. Yeah,
0: we went to the antique store or the mm-hmm. no, the Jefferson General Store mm-hmm. and she found this big table of rocks and she picked out and she found the one that she thought would look like a gem. It was gold. Mm-hmm. And she felt like that's what she should leave. So she left it there. Yeah. So a little little girl. Yep. was even touched by it. So
1: it was really cool uh, that people still go visit and I know they have some tours and in fact, while we were there, before we left, one of those little golf carts with a bunch, like like an eight-seater golf cart was there. And I'm sure people were, that they were there to see her. So people go and see her a lot. And so there actually also was um, legend that her trunk was cursed. Um, over the years, the tragic tale of Diamond Bessie has launched many tall tales, which isn't a new phenomenon. It started with the murder itself. So at three years after the murder, uh, there was a story in the New Orleans times talking about Diamond Bessie's trunk, a relic of celebrated tragedy at a store in on Barone street, just adjoining Grunewald hall is a lady's sole leather Saratoga trunk of the largest size, which although entirely inoffensive in itself, and perhaps as negative a combination of sole leather, steel springs, and linen as the average receptacle for feminine apparel, is nevertheless by association not without its history. The trunk was made upon the order of a very handsome young lady who called at the store and gave specific directions as to the arrangements. She appeared to be in affluent circumstances. I guess that means she had a lot of money. It did not object to the price, which was 100 bucks. The money was paid, and the trunk sent home, its owner proving to be Miss Bessie Moore, a young woman of pronounced beauty. It appears that she found that the trunk was not entirely to her satisfaction and sold it back to the store. <laughs> she left the city for Jefferson, but wait, that doesn't make sense because he had the trunk. Maybe she got it. Maybe she got an, a different a one. A different one? Oh, maybe that's it. The trunk was sold to a gentleman who had it thoroughly repaired. Before this, the gentleman had paid for the trunk. He also committed suicide. Ooh. It is now for sale and, of course, is considered a prize inasmuch as no one who has had anything to do with it except the maker has not died by violence. Ew. Isn't
0: it bullshit, though? It is bullshit. That it pisses me off. There are too many of these stories like this. And it's just sad that she's... Murdered and then just left, and then even if he didn't do it, why isn't he upset that his wife was murdered? Why doesn't exactly. he want to know who, who did, did it, it? and it's a great why is his wife? Yeah, how did his how was his wife found dead? You know, and even if he was a prick and just saw her as someone that made money for him, the want for him to want more money and the feeling of losing his wife that made him money—you think that alone would also Infuriate him and want to know where his wife is as far as like who did it and who took his wife from him. Yeah, what a I dummy he shot agree. his damn eye out. <laughs> Case file 18 Diamond Bessie closed.